I know from my own experience, when I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I can do this. And not only can I do this, but I will do this no matter the cost. And if you're, if you are holding me back, um, then like get out of the way. Um, when I've gotten to those places in my own mind and in my own heart, I've exhausted myself and I've hurt people along the way. Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today, we have a powerhouse voice in this generation with us. Today's guest is a singer, songwriter, actress, activist, and podcast host. She just released a beautiful, intimate EP in which she titled Live from the Quarry, which is guaranteed to invite you into a sacred space of worship and peace. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my interview with Mariah Smallbone. Mariah, we finally made it. Like, we're here. We did it. We made from the red carpet to Tennessee and Georgia. (laughs) I know. It's like, I know prior to like recording, we were talking about like red carpets or it's hard to dive into deep conversation, but it also, it was refreshing to get to meet before we did this to where we have that little bit of connectivity of like, they're not a fake person or behind an email. Like it's literally just Trevor and Mariah. Yeah. So that sounds like its own show. You're live with Trevor and Mariah. Look, I'm here for it. And I'm sure Caleb would be into it as well. Like, But it's just super cool to finally sit down and talk about this EP because Life from the Quarry to me has turned into this like, it's almost like you opened up a place for people to go into your deepest thoughts and to worship and to experience the power that God gives you within worship and just being an ambient EP all on its own. Like, I can tell that it was a vulnerable journey for you. Thanks for affirming that. You're right. (laughs) Uh, Pretty scary. Yeah. Which this was the first project that you front to back wrote all by yourself. Tell us about that. I would have imagined that you'd wrote millions of songs all by yourself, but apparently this is the first project that you wrote front to back all by yourself. Yeah. Isn't that kind of surprising? Like I've been writing songs for 10 years I, yeah. I, I'm surprised myself that it's taken this long. Um, but you know, writing a song, um, it's a very nuanced thing. I, I think it, I think it takes 10,000 hours, you know, mm-hmm. to, to really feel like, unless you're just like this magical unicorn, that's just born a songwriter and everything you do is like perfect. You know, I've never, I've never been the born with the gift kind of person. Like it's taken a lot of hard work to feel like I could call myself a singer, you know, to feel like I could understand my way around a DAW system and to produce and, and to write songs. Like I have worked with so many brilliant songwriters and producers over the last decade of being a musician and and practicing in this, this art form. And I've been super lucky to be able to learn from people who I think are some of the best in their field. So I think because I've always worked with really gifted people, I've been a little too intimidated to believe that I could write a song on my own. Um, I always felt like I needed help. Um, and I still, I still do. Um, 
and I still very much love co-writing. In fact, um, the last song coming on, out on December 3rd of the Life from the Quarry EP was the only co-written song and and I it's one of my favorites. But I think it's also important to face any fears or insecurities in the mm-hmm. art process and for me writing on my own was a form of facing you know, some of those voices that are like, you're not good enough to do this and you need someone else to do it for you because you can't by yourself. Um, yeah. And so I'm really thankful that I was able to write it all, but I never had any intention of sharing it with anybody. So <laughs> I don't know if next time I try and write as long by myself and I know I'm going to share it or I want to share it, I, that might change the process a little bit. But Every song written for this project was not written for this project, if that makes sense. <laughs> wow. And it's, and you can tell like it wasn't written for people to hear. Like this literally just sounds like a collection of songs that you intended to have, like that vulnerable space with God, just you and God. And the way that you approached this whole EP is like, I'm going to connect with God through this. I want to be as vulnerable as I can. And now like everyone can experience that with you. And I, I'm genuinely like, I don't say it often and you can go back into interviews. Like I'm genuinely impacted by this project. Oh, Trevor, that means a lot. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I take that to heart. I I don't take that lightly. Um, particularly for someone like yourself, who's been in this space doing what you do and you're exposed to music all the time and you're exposed to different artists and you see the ins and the outs of what it takes to write and release music. Like you're not naive to, to the process and um, for this process to be significant to you. That's I, I take that to heart. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And with all the talk of vulnerability and overcoming insecurities and just full on tackling this music thing as your life, like you've been doing music a very long time, but even from your last project going into this, it's a whole different sound and you're constantly innovating and exploring the new possibilities. But I'm curious to know, how did you get to this place where you're comfortable enough to face those fears head on and to go after this calling that God's placed on your life? So would you mind sharing the story of how Mariah became Mariah? (laughs) That sounds so much more cinematic than, than this answer is going to be from a very logistical level. um, I was Mariah Peters uh, as my maiden name, got married, Mariah Smallbone. And once we, started to think through how to release this music. I was like, let's just make it really simple for everyone. Mariah. <laughs> and I, and I love, I love my name. I didn't always, I used to actually really not like my name as a kid. Um, cause I was the only one. And so I used to sign my, like my papers for school. I would sign it Chloe and I would ask my teachers to call me Chloe and I'd ask my friends to call me Chloe. It's like, this is so sad, such denial, living in denial at a young age. Um, but I, so shout out to anyone named Chloe. Cause that's a great name. Um, such a great name, such a great name. But I think actually kind of simplifying things down to just my first name has been, um, in sync with some of the, 
changes that I've felt have happened and the winnowing that's happened over the last couple of years for me, like just minimizing and being more minimal with, with my life and folk and more focused, you know, like I think when we're afraid to go after the thing that God's called us to do, it can get really easy to distract ourselves with other things. And I'm grateful that I've learned how to do so many things, particularly in this space. But I love writing music. I love singing. I love connecting with people over a song. And and I'm a student. I'm a student of life. My name literally means God is my teacher. And so it's just interesting, like in the, the, just the timing in the past year and a half, like I wrote and produced all these songs for the first time. I, I finished my college degree, gave it to my grandparents. I moved, you know, into this house that my husband and I have been working on for the past four years. And wow. I don't know, there's just so much, there's so many things timing wise that have happened that feel like not just the turning of a page, not just the beginning of a new chapter, but like the beginning of a new saga, the beginning of a new, you know, just volume of books. And so, um, yeah, the timing of, of this music coming out, like I said, like I wasn't planning on releasing any of it, but I think that's part of the beauty of, how it's translated and how it's come across is there was no ulterior motive in sharing this. It it was written as therapy for myself to get myself out of like a really low, dark place that I didn't know I was capable of reaching. And after, you know, writing the music, processing aloud, you know, affirming myself of some of these truths that I needed to know through my own demos and my own voice, you know, using this, this, this blue Yeti microphone here, you know, like just trying to remind myself of these things. Like once I got to that point of actually having this library of songs in front of me, I actually played them for my mentor, not for any other reason other than just connection. You know, it was, it's the same thing as like, if I would read an excerpt of my journal to my husband and she was like, Hey, um, I'm so glad that these songs have brought you healing, but I need to ask you the the question, is there a chance that these songs were meant to help other people experience healing as well? So that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And that's when I, that's when I kind of gave my yes of, okay, God, if this is what you want, I, I I will step forward despite my insecurities about it all. Yeah. And this album had to have some like life experience inspiration, obviously. So when it comes down to it, I know that this record was a lot more personable for you. Mm. Where did the inspiration for the creative of this come from? Well, I mean, I think because I was coming at it both from a lyric perspective and a production perspective, the life inspiration and the sonic inspiration were kind of different, two different buckets, you know, like there, there was a season where I could not and did not listen to like worship Christian music. Like I, I, 
looking back, I, I feel like it was important for me to have that season where anytime out here, I would literally just like feel sick. I don't know what it was, but looking back, I think it's because maybe I had made an idol of worship music and Christian music wow. and, and had felt like it was paramount to just connectivity with, with the divine. And in that season of not listening to worship music, like I, so I was so ministered to by so many other things, by nature, by friendships, by health and exercise, by rap music, by music that's written by people that I know for sure are agnostic yet the lyric like woke something up in my spirit and I was like worshiping, you know, it's just, I think it's a good reminder that we don't have the uh, trump card on, on music and the power of music. It's like God works within and without us. And it's humbling, you know, to come back to that place of, okay, I'm a small piece, a small piece of the big hole, but the the sonic inspiration i mean at the time i was listening to a lot of rap which is funny because in the um in the live versions it like you're not going to hear <laughs> you're not going to hear any of that influence um but i had i had sent my original demos to my neighbor who um is the music director at the church that we used to go to and he um I asked him, I was like, Hey, is there any way you can put together a, a band who can reimagine these songs and do live versions of them? So the versions you hear are really the interpretations of the musicians, um, of, of my original demos. And I love what they added to the song. Some of the songs, they completely changed the tempo and the time signature. And it's, so good for the live setting. Um, so sonically, it, it, I think the inspiration was kind of all over the place. Um, yeah. But lyrically, um, it's weird to say this, but the inspiration was really heartbreak and and pain. And it's it's not like I was going through these difficult things and these broken relationships and going, Oh, this is so painful. I just want to write a song. It was like, this sucks so bad. I have no way of even understanding right side up from upside down. I, I need a song to just help me sort. Like I, like I know that songs have structure. And so if I can put this experience into some form of a structure, maybe I can just comprehend it a little bit better. Yeah. So that's where a lot of the inspiration came from. I love that. And, you know, there's so many times in our lives that we're going to find ourselves in this unique situation where you have a friendship end and you don't ever expect mm -hmm. it to end. It's like one of those things where like, oh, this person's going to be my best friend for the rest of my life. And then one day something happens and it's almost like mm -hmm. it just disintegrates. And while it's sad, like 
it's almost a new chapter for both parties, no matter who's in the right, who's in the wrong. It's like, okay, we have a clear lens. Like, how am I going to go into this? But it's unique to hear someone open up and be like, hey, I was able to turn this pain into worship. I've never heard that about heartbreak in that way. So I think that's super unique in its own right. But I really want to dive into the songs in particular. So Mm -hmm. first, I want to jump into Known, Seen, Loved. And the lyrics Mm -hmm. that I put down are letting go of ego, putting down mm. my pride, holding to a new hope, trusting what's inside, letting go of ego, putting down my pride, holding on to a new hope. Now I won't deny I'm known, seen, loved. Mm. What piece <laughs> of that big puzzle did this anthem come from? Hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that that lyric jumped out to you. No one in, in none of the interviews I've done, I've done a ton. Nobody's picked out that particular mm. lyric. And yet that's one of my favorite lyrics. Of Mine like too. Of the songs. Yeah. I'm so glad, we all I'm have glad to go through that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that, that was the big gift to me of the heartbreak. Like I thought that heartbreak was exclusive to romantic relationships but turns out heartbreak with friends and family and working relationships, that can be even more painful. <laughs> like It can be rough. And yeah. um, I think one of the many gifts that I feel like that pain brought me was an opportunity to self-reflect and to transition from being a victim to being a more integrated self-aware person. Um, I think when we experience pain and, and particularly when it feels like it's at the hand of someone else, it's really easy to go into a, how could they, how dare they, I did all this right. They did all this wrong. Like we, we want to justify why we feel what we feel. And it's pretty natural to put the blame on other people and there's no shame in that. I mean, that's part of the process. Um, but I think it's healthy to transition out of there into, okay, what have, what have I let slip up? What have I done to cause harm? What role did I play in this relationship riff? And, um, and I, I realized just through lots of prayer, through lots of counsel, through lots of conversations with my mentor that I, I have an ego. I mean, all of us do, but I mean, I have as a goal oriented, achievement focused, driven person. And those are some of my favorite things about myself. Um, when those things are not checked at the door, you know, the natural tendency is to put product over people or to put the mission over, over the personnel. And that's, that's never a sustainable practice. That's never a good thing. Um, it doesn't matter how high we feel our calling is God never asks us to move towards something while running over people on the way. Um, so I, that's a, that's a, I mean, just to be honest, like <laughs> it's not something I typically get into conversationally, but I mean, I just, it's, 
it's the truth. And I, I'm thankful for any chance that anyone listening can hear me as an artist who, you know, has these faith claims to also in the same breath be like, I can also be a selfish brat. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, I love that you're highlighting that because it's all Mm -hmm. about the mindset behind it. Like, are you really goal driven oriented for the right reasons? Or Mm -hmm. are you just being arrogant and thinking that you deserve something you don't? And I personally like when it comes to this brand that we're building in the podcast and everything, it's like, I set out to do what God called me to do. But at the same time, I always had in the back of my head, I'm like, so many people said this would never happen. So let's uh, go ahead and prove them all wrong. And I see that as being healthy. And I'm proud of that. And I love that part about myself as well, like being ambitious. There's nothing wrong with being good at something. And it's not crazy to have astronomical dreams. Never in a million years did I think I'd be sitting here having a conversation with Mariah Smallbone. Like these, any of... A lot of what's happened in the past year, I'm just like, hmm. like God has to have his hand on it. And my e- ego, quote unquote, can come from God. Like I have that confidence that, you know, I believe God's got something big planned and he did the same thing for you. And he gave you that. He's given you your I, voice. He's given you your songwriting abilities. He made you a daggum producer. Like <laughs> he's done it all. Mm, No, no, you're right. And I think there's a difference between confidence in the God that we serve and the God that Mm. created us and then confidence in our own abilities. And, And that's a super nuanced thing because, you know, like I come from a sports background, so it's like you can't step onto a basketball court and like step up to that free throw line and be thinking, I suck. I'm not going to make it. Like you have to mentally tell yourself, like, I'm the best free throw shooter that there has ever been. And this is about to be nothing but net. Uh, everybody watch, you know, like you have to have that kind of mental fortitude. But I think when it comes to art and the things that we're called to do, I know from my own experience, when I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I can do this and not only can I do this, but I will do this no matter the cost. And if you, if you are holding me back, um, then like get out of the way. Um, when I've gotten to those places in my own mind and in my own heart, I've exhausted myself and I've hurt people along the way. And so I think only the spirit can guide us in those super situational moments where we're faced with, okay, how do we deal with people's um, maybe discouraging spirit? How do we deal with people who are um, maybe we might look at it as like, well, they're just trying to hold me back, but maybe Maybe we're not meant to despise the tools that God uses to shape us. You know, maybe there people are trying to say things that we don't want to hear, but are super important for our character. And that's the difference between believing that the most important thing in life is success and believing that the most important thing in life is long-term relationships, health, and endurance, you know? That is... 
I'm about to run around this desk. She's preaching on this <laughs> thing already. And I think that's a perfect segue into the next mm-hmm. song, which is Trust. The mm-hmm. lyrics that really stuck with me from that are deep. Like just to give everybody a little heads up. It's about oh, to get I'm spicy. so curious. I'm so <laughs> curious. Here we go. Trevor talks. Right. I'm running low on energy. There in the end of my way. You never asked for high speed. I'm slowing down to say, I will strengthen myself by trusting in you. I've got mountains to climb and walls to break through. It's like you're on that breaking point where you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm done. And you Mm -hmm. decide to press through. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a daily struggle for a lot of people. It's like they're on the Mm -hmm. edge of their seat. Like, and we can even dive down into like mental health, like, People that are choosing to live another day, people that are choosing to fight and fight suicidal ideation and mental, well, just anxiety and depression. So many people struggle with that right there. And I love that the song is called Trust. And you highlight like the exact things that like I find myself being low on energy. I find myself Mm -hmm. being like, like, what am I doing? Like, why don't I just Mm -hmm. go work for somebody? Why do I have to do this and that? Like, because Mm -hmm. with more whatever comes more responsibility, like Spider-Man quote, I think, praise God. Um, (laughs) This song is just, again, it's vulnerable, but I'm curious to hear what was the point in your life where these lyrics just flowed out of you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. If anyone's been there, if anyone has been at that point where like, you can't will yourself to, to, do the thing that's in front of you, um, then this might, this might make sense what I'm about to say. I was driving, this was towards the tail end of 2019. I was driving from Franklin to Nashville. It's about a 30 minute drive. And, um, and I, I, I was driving to a meeting that I desperately did not want to go to and emotionally could not handle relationally was absolutely spent. I knew that I was about to step into a situation where I would be a proverbial punching bag. And I was just like, I'm like, so beat. Like I just, I, I, there's nothing in me that wants to, to go or to do this. And, um, this is so embarrassing. Okay. So I was driving and as I was driving, I was just like crying and probably throwing a bit of a pity party of like, why do I have to go? And I started singing these words out loud to myself through tears to try and find something, something in me to keep going. So I'm driving and I'm like, I will stay good. And I'm just going. And I'm pretty sure if anyone pulled up next to me and saw me like in that state, they would have been like, um, does she need help? Like, do we need help? I don't think she should be driving right now. Yeah. She can't see through those tears, honey. Mm-hmm. She cannot. um so ironically i got to a point where i was like crying so much that i couldn't sing through the tears anymore so Mm -hmm. i record this is so pathetic i recorded my i recorded that chorus on my phone while i 
I still could before the sobs came. You know, I sure. sung, I've got mountains to climb and walls to break through. I will strengthen myself by trusting you. And I, I recorded that on my phone and then I just hit play and I just kept hitting oh. play and I kept listening to myself say those words because I knew that my strength was tapped out. Like mm. my abilities were tapped out. I, I was at the bottom of the barrel nothing was left. And so I had to strengthen myself by trusting in something and someone greater than myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that gave me the, the energy to just, to, to step forward into the next thing. And for a lot of people, you know, if you haven't been in this place, you might be listening to this story and be like, pathetic. She had to go to a meeting. Dumb. But for some people, it's like getting out of bed, like driving to your job. You are, you are at the end and, and it is insurmountable. And that's when you know you're in a really difficult place when, when the little things that are seemingly mundane and simple are, are these mountains. There are these mountains, there are these huge walls and you can't see your way through to the other side, nor do you have energy to even want to see your way through to the other side. But that's, that's the beauty of this. If we really believe in this idea of a loving, infinite God, that's when in my own life I have felt most connected to the divine because I look back and I'm like, I, I physically could not do that. Something else needed to intervene. Someone else needed to come in and, and, and give me strength for another day. Whew. Sheesh. I know I've been there, not driving mm-hmm. to that exact meeting. That'd be kind of weird. But we, we all have that moment where we're like, why am I doing this? And a perfect segue yet again into the next song. It's mm-hmm. like, am I even worth taking this meeting? You know, <laughs> is it worth my is it time? Worth is it me worth showing time? up? <laughs> Cue the music. And then, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> that song is so impactful. And this whole mm-hmm. EP is, and I'm not just saying that like legit, like I'm just sitting here like I had, you can't plan for stuff like this, especially mm-hmm. when something is so personal to you, people are going to hear mm-hmm. it. And, hopefully it transcends into inspiration for them. And mm. one of the other things that you said, like just, I have to be the best point guard. I have to be the best free thrower. It, it reminds me of one person in particular that's a fan of the show, has been a friend of the brand for a long time. Her name is Kristen Bloodsworth. And she's a mm-hmm. huge fan of For King and Country, a huge fan of your music, Mariah. And mm. one, I remember a conversation we had a while back and She's like, I don't, and I I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but she's like, I don't, I don't see myself being able to do this music thing or being able to finish this course. She was in college for music and it's like, Hmm. God's got you, like Mm. be the best at what you're doing. And to my knowledge, she finished the song, but like, Mm. I just, I love being able to highlight people that are out there actively doing what God's doing and knowing that you went through the exact same thing. I could, I could see hopefully her and a bunch of other people find encouragement from it. And oh for my them gosh, to know that, yes. I wish she, you know, I, what's, what did you say her name was? Her name is Kristen Budsworth. 
Chris. I'll send you. Wish- I'll send you her account on Instagram. <gasps> Please I'll DM it do to you. because you know what I'll do is if you send me her account, I'll DM her my mm. outline and my handout for a lecture I just gave at my college. So I just yeah. I graduated last year. Which Congrats. shout out to class of 2020. None of us walked. All of us Ooh. got mailed our caps and gowns and like slept in them at night, and that was the best we could do. Yes. Uh, sad, um, but I I got asked to come in and give a lecture to um, one of these ensemble classes where a lot of the students had, you know, a passion for music and songwriting, performance, video production, audio production, all the things. And, um, and it's just, it's interesting. You know, if you, if you put yourself in that scenario, Trevor, and be like, okay, if I had to speak to a classroom of students who are interested in like this space, what would I say? Yeah. And for me, where I landed was the title for my lecture was sustainable artistry because you can learn how to be a great producer. You can learn how to be a a very skilled podcaster, how to edit, how to audio engineer, um, and, and how to sing perfectly on pitch and, Mm -hmm. and how to write a great song. You can learn all these things and all of these skills are so important. But if you get to the end of, of these abilities and you reach the height of whatever lane you're in, but you don't have sustainable practices to help you experience that journey in a healthy way, it's not worth it. It's not worth, you know, driving yourself into the ground, losing your relationships, you know, reaching a point of anxiety levels where you're no longer capable of getting on a stage. Like I know what that's like. And reach. And so when you, when you are able and for Christy, Kristen, Christy, Kristen, yeah. Kristen, when she, you know, says, man, I don't think I can do this music thing. I mean, the truth is you probably can't. Um, none of us can. None of us can do it naturally, healthily. It takes so much, so much willingness to admit that we can't, which you're already there and that's great to go, okay, now that I know that this is really difficult um, and I might not have the strength and the resources to do this on my own, how do I reach up? How do I reach out? How do I start to think through how to do this in a way that's not for myself, but for others um, as a calling unto the Lord, like anything you need to be able to think outside of your, your four walls of your mind, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. And sheesh, so much knowledge in this, but I want to get to the last song that you released, which is known, uh, which is featuring hubby Joel Smallbone And the lyrics I pulled from this one, Mm. hold on, (laughs) am I worth it in my moment of shame? There you found me just to say, I am worth it. Tell me your promise. Mm. Remind me of how you'll never leave me and you won't fail me now. Mm -hmm. this, This is a funny lyric because... When I first wrote Worth, I wrote it with a different chorus. I wrote I, I wrote it as a question and as a desire. 
the lyric was originally Sam worth it, Sam worth it. And it's just this like longing that I think we all feel at, you know, different points of our lives to different degrees. But I, I shared this demo with my husband when we were in a grocery store parking lot and, um, as I was playing it for him, I could, I looked over when the song was finished and he, he was a little misty eyed. I was like, Oh, okay. Wasn't expecting that. And, um, mainly cause I was like just excited to show him the production, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, he was so, so encouraging with that particular song. And it, it really was, the version that you hear now on DSPs on YouTube was a result of his encouragement to me to do two things. One to strip it all back. Like the version I played for him was like the most busy production I think I've ever done. And he really encouraged me to bring it back to just electric guitar and vocals, which is so exposing and so vulnerable and so scary, particularly because I wouldn't consider myself to be a guitar virtuoso. Um, and, but his, his, his heart behind it was like, this is a vulnerable lyric. This is a vulnerable song. And it feels like the, the production and the musicality should match. And so, he helped me with my, my nervousness around that. I wish there was like a behind the scenes of when we were actually recording that song, because what you see on YouTube is like really peaceful and precious and wonderful. But like in the moment I was like, Joel, I'm not playing the right chords. Oh my gosh, this is sounding terrible. This is awful. Oh my, I didn't say the right words. Oh my God. Like I was so scared. And he really, he really was a calming presence in it. And then the second thing he encouraged me to do was to, change the tense of the chorus lyric. So instead of say I'm worth it, changing it to I am worth it, I am worth it. And I'm so glad that I, that he pushed because I wasn't listening at first. I was like, no, I don't want to change it. And I'm really glad that, that I listened because now, when I hear the song and when I sing the song, it's it's a manifestation. It's a declaration. It's it's part of the process of how you you find a way out of that dark place. You know, I think if I would have left the lyric at "Say I'm worth it, say I'm worth it," I would have just been reminded of like how how much longing I had, which I think there, there are other parts of the other songs that speak to that longing. And, and it's so important to acknowledge that need, but there does come a point where you have to try to, to talk yourself up and talk yourself out. It's interesting. I think it's kind of really sunk in the impact of the song and the impact of that particular lyric edit. Um, it's sunk in as the song has released and people have responded. One of the messages I got two nights ago was from a, a woman whose mom had just tried to take her own life and thankfully failed, but was then left 
in the hospital with some issues that she had to, yeah. to work through. Um, and so the daughter went to the hospital, played worth for her mom and the nurses called the daughter saying, your mom is screaming this song at the top of her lungs. It's her anthem. It's she's singing it every day. You know, thank like, thank you for sharing this song with her. And she sent me that story and I was, I was really, first of all, thankful that she would have the courage to share that story with me. But Secondly, just reminded that we see such a small, such a small piece of the big picture and we are such a tiny corner of, of the big picture. And there was nothing in me that was thinking, oh, I'm going to write this song so that some woman who has, has these specific struggles can sing it out loud. You know, I never thought that. I never thought I'd release the music in general. So when you step back and you see those stories, it's very, it's, it's very, um, exposing of how little control we actually have and how God can take God. God's math is different than ours. Like the ratios are different. The scales are different. He can take the tiniest bit of faithfulness. You know, me, someone who had written a song and was like mad at wanting to change the lyrics, you know, he can take that and, and turn it into something that can really impact someone's life and healing and journey. So I, I'm, I'm glad that those particular lyrics stuck out to you. Yeah. Wow. This has been not even just an insightful conversation, but I feel peaceful just about everything you've shared and the topics Mm -hmm. that we've gotten to discuss, hearing your story, Mm -hmm. hearing behind the lyrics and everything. Mm -hmm. I, it leaves me like excited to a listen to the EP more, which we're going to put all the links and everything in the description, but Mm. it makes me wonder like what is next. And I'm sure Mm. we'll see a whole lot more of you coming up and I'm just grateful for this conversation. So thank you for joining us and being so vulnerable and sharing and open to conversation. Oh, Trevor talks. Thank you. And thank you for how um, you just create space for authentic dialogue because there's a lot of stuff I think that I've shared in our conversation that I haven't felt the liberty to share in other ones. So thank you. Of course. And again, everything is linked in the description below for all of uh, Mariah's social media and the EP, music videos, all that good stuff. Y'all should go buy some merch on her web store, which would be (laughs) an asset to all of your closets. But thank you again to New Release Today and the Whosoever's Movement for making this episode happen. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus, so ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.